0: Good afternoon, and welcome to this edition of African History Month. I'm Sister Olorantoyan, and here with me is Sister Esther Bikova. I'm very happy to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm happy to
0: be here as well. Yes. And um, the special topic this month is the African family, and of course, while we are celebrating African History Month, we know that our African families have gone through so, so much. They face so much in world history and from slavery to today, the sanctioned discrimination that uh, our people face. And despite all that, we still have so many stories of resilience, of strength, of power, determination, and triumph. And um, today we want to highlight some of the peculiarities, the uniqueness of our families. We want to talk about the representation, identity, and diversity. And um, I'm so honored to have you here, Esther. Please introduce yourself.
1: Yes, hello. Um, I'm Esther. Um, I am a psychology uh, student graduate, graduated class of 2021. Um, I also minored in sociology and I'm just very passionate about uh, mental health advocacy in the Black diaspora. And yeah, just very excited to be here today.
0: Thank you. So maybe just to start off, what exactly does the African family um, represent to you?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that um, the African family, it represents a lot of resilience. Um, The African family has had to overcome a lot of hardships. Um, you know, no matter what part of diaspora um, you're from, um, you know you've you've either been uh, impacted by slavery or colonialism, and there's been. A lot of like different attempts to break up the African family. Um, even here in the US, we can talk about mass incarceration. So I think that the African family um, represents a lot of resilience and just, you know, a lot of things that there's a lot of things that it's had to overcome and still, uh, you know, is um, in the process of overcoming as well.
0: Thank you. Um, you were telling me while we were preparing, you did give tell me a little bit of your own family. Um, would you like to share how uh, you were talking about um, uh, the traditional context, how some of these values are still present today? Would you yeah. like to share yeah. some of that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm Congolese. I was born in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and um, I immigrated to the U.S. when I was three years old, and I'm the youngest of five siblings. And um, I think that, you know, especially like as an immigrant, um, sometimes it can be hard, especially because I was so young. Um, A lot of my family, like, remembers a lot from back home and, you know, they can share those stories and they can share those, um, they can share those values and they have more of a bond over specific things where I was just like, I was too young. I wasn't, you know, that conscious. So sometimes I have some difficulty, um, you know, relating to those experiences. Um, But I think that it's amazing to still talk about those experiences and talk about those shared stories. And even though, you know, our culture has been, in a sense, watered down. Just to be mm-hmm. able to still have those conversations, I think is really important. And um, you know, spoken word, like you know, like they used to do, you know, back in the old days and everything. I think that mm-hmm. that's a very important aspect of keeping, um, keeping like certain traditions, values, um, narratives mm-hmm. alive, even though you know you're moving to a completely new country um, that's like on the opposite side of the world.
0: Thank you, thank you. So, like, um, um, I understand that um, our Af- the African family is actually quite diverse. So that means that um, what you're saying, the experience you have, would not be the same as your parents, for example. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> because often when one thinks of the African family, most people think of the traditional African family. Mm-hmm. Um, um, which is, of course, a stable institution and has, but it has also undergone so many numerous influences over the past decades. Yeah. And um, as you were rightly saying, migration is also an influence on our families. So um, what is the, what is the one, one aspect of the traditional family, one thinks of the extended family? um traditions of the
1: extended family
0: yes um hmm
1: i think that um i think that one that always comes to mind is just like food i feel like food you know always brings us together and um Mm -hmm. i think that i'm you know growing up i used to especially you know growing up you know i'm an an immigrant my family's an immigrant Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: my mom used to like pack me like traditional like congolese food in my lunch and then like you know sometimes just being singled out you know by the other kids like what is that you know what i mean so i went through a period of my life where um i just didn't i didn't want to bring any congolese food to school because like you know when you're that young you just wanna you just wanna grow up but like "Quote unquote normal," you know. You don't want to be like singled out or anything, but mm-hmm. um, it took me some time to learn that, you know, that's food from my culture, and you know that food, you know, is it's delicious, it's tasty, and there that you shouldn't be ashamed of um, different aspects of your culture, whether that's the food, the music, um, the clothing. You know, you should be able to um, express your culture and partake in your culture um, without the fear of being judged, especially if you um, immigrate if you immigrate to a, a different um, a different country than uh, than your native country. So, I think uh, food is definitely one thing that um, brings my family together, and just like um, being able to help my uh, my mom and uh, other members of my family, like if. We're having like a get together, uh, prepare like beignets, um, which are basically like it's like a fried pastry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know um, what beignets are. Um, And yeah, different things like beignets and like fried plantains and things like that. So I think that um, it's food is definitely one way that uh, that we can. Just continue to pass on the pass on the traditions and pass on the values and and uh, an aspect of our culture.
0: Yes, exactly. And uh, and, and when I think when you mention food, and I start to think of this communal okay. gathering, um, and um, how this um, shared belonging is so important in the family and. Surprisingly, wherever you go, you know. If I'm here in Germany or um, in the States, um, I have people saying to me, "Sister," uh, and 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 that is also um, something rather special. Yeah, um, that I have the feeling that to belong to a global family. Yeah, um, in the in the Yoruba context, for example, your mother's sister is um is also your mother. No. Oh,
2: yeah your, your,
0: your father's brother is also your
2: father. Yeah.
0: And you were also talking about um the values we have and you were it takes a village.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: you it definitely does
1: it definitely does take a village. So I think um especially for my parents um mm-hmm. it was a bit of a culture shock um for them to come here and they just, they didn't really understand like the American mindset that like, you know, you mm-hmm. turn 18 and uh, you move out of your parents' house. Um, they mm-hmm. didn't really understand that mi- that mindset because usually um, like the kids stay there like a little bit longer where it's like to help around with the house, you know, take mm-hmm. care of the parents. But just, um, I think that America, and I don't know you know how it is in Germany, um, but I think America and maybe some other parts of the West, um, they have sometimes like a individualistic mindset where I think of um, like Africa as a continent. I feel like they're just much more like communal. And like you said, like just like that shared, you know, that shared like gathering and just, yeah, like it takes a village. So we just, I feel like we are very, very close with um, our extended family. I'm very mm-hmm. lucky to have a lot of family here in America. Um, that I mean, that ranges from uncles, cousins, um, aunts, and everything like that. So not just like my nuclear family is pretty big, but also my extended family. And I'm so lucky to have a lot of my extended family here um, in California. And then also like uh, in like Rhode Island and Virginia. But um, yeah, just, we We are very, very close with our extended family, and yeah, I do see my cousins as like basically my siblings. I see like my aunts and uncles are as basically like you know, second parents uh, or sorry, third parents. so um, yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you
3: so much for
0: explaining that that is so very true. and um this um I sometimes say here that um, the African is actually a social welfare institution for the family. So, um, in 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 Europe, you have the welfare system, you have uh, retirement homes, for example, and these are um, things which are you will not find being used to that extent in in West Africa, for example. Um, you, the, you, we had, for example. Um, to three to four generations living together and um yeah today um things are a bit different in that um even in africa also has an urbanized setting now which affects the family so you you there's also the setup as uh, as a what the so-called nuclear family um how would you what is your perspective on the um, nuclear family from a perspective of um, an African?
1: The nuclear family. Um, you know, I I basically see, because I'm like the youngest, I basically see like uh, my siblings, I think like had a very um, integral part in also raising me. So I feel like, um, yeah, I just think that like older siblings, they they take on a lot of responsibilities especially in the african family if you're like um like the old the oldest daughter like the eldest daughter mm-hmm. you do take on um a lot of responsibilities and i kind of um i see like the responsibilities that my sister has taken it kind of is different from the responsibilities that, that my brothers have taken cuz yeah i have a sister and three brothers um and yeah i think that they, I am very, very much so influenced by them, I think more particularly my sister because, you know, we're both women. But um, I think that, um, you know, if like the parents weren't, if the parents weren't around, you know, if they're working, then like my siblings are watching me. Um, so I think that there is a, there is like a high level of uh, responsibility from the oldest siblings to, to take care of the younger siblings in the in the African nuclear family.
0: OK, yes, that's true. And that could be coming to some of the challenges that the younger generation, for example, um, some do tend to distance themselves because they do feel this overwhelm mm-hmm. and would rather um, look for networks and social support, sometimes also outside of the family. Um, mm-hmm. Um, is there is there um, with all these aspects that we're speaking about? Um, what is an African identity? Is there an African identity?
1: Yeah, I mean it's so hard to to describe in in one way i think i think that is a really broad question but i think that an african identity because you know uh, you know i like of wild black people you know have african ancestry and everything like that so i think that's what i love about our diaspora is that you know we could be in the Caribbean we could be here in California or you you're in Germany um could be in anywhere in Asia but I think that we have that shared element of of being of being black and you know sometimes it's just like I'm just going about my day like running errands and um I just see like another black person is just like, you know, smiling at them and they smile back and just having like that mutual understanding that like we see each other. And I feel like, um, you know, I've heard other people do this. <laughs> and then on um, people of other um, of other backgrounds, like non-African backgrounds, they're like, oh, do you know that person? And then the, the person with African backgrounds, like, no, I don't know them, it was just like, you know, saying hi and having that um, mutual understanding. And I mm-hmm. think that's what I, find so beautiful about the diaspora, is that um, we are in so many different parts of the world and we've really been so spread out, but um, there are certain things that really bring us together. And I think that that's like, you know, food can be one of them, like dancing, the fashion. So I think that that's like a really, um, really beautiful um, aspect of having a, a, a an African background.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yes, I can totally agree with that. The African family cannot function without this solidarity and togetherness. It's just a part of it. Yeah, solidarity, that's a good idea. Yeah, the humanity, Mm -hmm. the shared belonging. This is really um, some of the important um, values that we have.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what African values um do you think are um important to pass on to the next generation? What val what are the values you think um, we need to continue to nurture which might be in danger now in in society um what ba- i think should we
1: pass on to the next generation that could be endangered now and society hmm that's a really good question i think just um i think this kind of ties into uh the like communal aspect um mm-hmm. i think that you know if you if you become successful and that sort of thing you know just try to like pass on that success and try to like invest like your success into other um african communities or just like in other people with african backgrounds i think that that's really important i think that um sometimes when people find success they forget their yeah. communities and i think that it's so important to just you know stay connected and just try to pass on that mm-hmm. success and try not to be so like as um i guess yeah as individualistic i'd say
0: mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much. It's, uh, feeling of- you
3: know it's really still Help one another. Yeah. And, uh, this is a general life, which I so uh cherish knowing that um, everyone is welcome. Uh, we've had uh, students from Germany go to Africa on an exchange trip, and that is one thing they all come back talk
0: about that uh they feel so that didn't matter what uh, status their family that hosted them it could have been a family the the
3: city they all talk of how the they felt um they they describe that sometimes
0: best bed to the guests mm. and um, and uh sort of very important uh, hospitality yeah hospitality mm-hmm. is
1: yeah hospitality. i think that's cool. great <laughs> i just think of um like even just going to um my like if i'm like at my aunt's house or like my uncle's mm-hmm. house you know they just start preparing food and then they're like come eat come eat and even if like even if you're not hungry just like out of respect, you always just take a little something. Yeah. <laughs> you always eat a little bit of the food. Even if you're not hungry, it's just out of respect. So I think okay. that I think that African people are definitely very, very generous. And they want to keep you well-fed, for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned already that um, the African family has faced a lot coming through pre-slavery times through the years today to the, yeah,
3: imperial society, yeah, today,
0: what can you highlight some of these changes that um, have occurred and impacted the Africa?
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at like me specifically, um, being Congolese, Congolese, Congo was uh, imperialized by Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't gain independence until 1960. And my dad was born in 1957. So when he was born, Congo was still under Belgian rule. And um, fast forwarding to the Rondon genocide, it really um, impacted my family in a very large way. So I'm Congolese, and then I have um, sets of cousins who are Congolese on one side and then Rondon on the other side. And um, so there was just like this, place in time when we were just like well, we don't know where to go and you know the mm-hmm. fact that we were even able to escape that's the well that's one of the main reasons why we came to America is that we just there was too much conflict going on and we just didn't feel safe and you know think you know things like that <laughs> they happen and a lot of uh, a lot of um africans you know come to mm-hmm. come to the US or come to different parts of the world you know canada um the uk you know other parts in europe they come to um escape that conflict and i think that um kind of like i was saying you know colonialism slavery those are things that you know we all have in common like in one way or another if you are if you have any african ancestry like you your family have been impacted by Colonialism or slavery, and maybe you don't see it in um, in a direct type of way, but um, it's definitely there.
0: Thank you, thank you so much. Um, which brings us to the to the next topic, I would say, of um, the resilience, and that is um, what, how do the families cope through such um, hardship? Uh, do you have any? family narratives or strategies that you have experienced that keep the family together despite
1: yeah i think a big part of it is just being vulnerable and um i know that a lot of us you know a lot of us in the in the diaspora we sometimes have troubles like Relaying our feelings, and I think it's a it's a conditioned thing. You know, we're told that we're strong, but like, are we really strong, or have we been conditioned? You know, to uh to to you know, hear that, or ha- like, are are we are we just told that, and we're not really strong? So like, when I hear when I hear that, oh, like you know, black people are so strong, and you know, they've gone through so much, and it's like, well. It kind of like it makes me think of like, um, like ways that they use to like, uh, essentially like justify like slavery and other types of things is that they have to see us as a strong or, you know, or I think that we can handle this, this, ty- these types of, uh, atrocities. Um, so I think that, you know, just being vulnerable, um, and just having those open conversations is really important. And it can be very, um, it can be very just like uh i guess like de- de-stressing like it, you can feel like a, a weight has been lifted off your shoulders for sure just coming together and crying together and um just just grieving whatever it is um whatever it is that you're grieving together and yeah that's why i'm just like really pr- uh really passionate about talking about um you know struggles in our communities um, and just seeing ways that we can you know, better deal with them and ways that we can overcome with them. But um, yeah, I think that it, it is really important to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And, and you just reminded me of rituals, um, the way we mourn, the way the Pharisees are able to breathe together, yeah. the shared experience and how important that is. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's um, through so many different forms, could be through food, sharing of food. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said previously, how important that was to use the food <coughs> as a as, a, as, a, as a form of togetherness. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. And like, I was just, I don't know about any of our viewers, but I was just like thinking of, um, of Wakanda Forever, I'm not sure if you watched it, but um, just like the way that they handled um grief and loss in that movie, I think was, was really special. It's just like the way that mm-hmm. everyone, you know, just comes together and, you know, they're vulnerable with each other and, you know, crying mm-hmm. together and just, you know, just letting all your emotions like lie on the table, basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we have here Evaristo Favor Kasheke. He says, watching you from Zambia. Keep mm-hmm. this program up. It's the only hope for better Africa.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hello. Wow, all the way from Zambia.
0: <laughs> thank neat. you, Everisto.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. please.
0: Yeah. Uh, viewers, let us know what you think. We're talking about the African family. So, please um, share with us. We're talking about representation, identity, the diversity. So, please go ahead and leave your comments and um, let us know what you think. Kwazo Fiagbe very proudly says, My continent.
1: (laughs) Hi, Kwazo. Hello.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Talking about diversity, th- there is not one type of. The African family is so diverse, even in even
3: the same family, there is a whole lot of diversity.
0: Golden Bar. Greetings. Hello from Sierra Leone, West Africa. How you do?
1: Hello, golden bar.
0: Fambu <laughs> <laughs> talk, that <daddy>, is so
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. We have what we call, for example, Fambu Talk. Mm. Which, which is also like a form of family members to discuss on a on a particular issue.
1: And oh, everybody
0: yeah. is able to contribute their own perspective. Yeah. It's also used as a conflict resolution tool.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. How do you pronounce it again?
0: Fambul talk.
1: Fambul talk.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, I, I can. F a m
1: b u l,
0: b o k. T o k. Okay, got it.
1: Um, I'm seeing. You can keep on sharing. I'm going to get
0: there. She's here. See if she's trying to come. i try to find her. Hello, Delphine. Can
3: you
1: hear? Hi,
2: Delphine. How are Hi. you? Hello, welcome. I'm good. Thank welcome. you. I've been listening to you people. I was at the background. OK. Is the, is the yeah. video on? or? um i am in the train okay yeah, so no i'm problem. still on my way home
0: okay Did but i will come to... out
2: in the next pardon Did you... okay then i went for you and then you can come to me yeah but i can hear you guys yeah okay, okay. very good okay. very very interesting okay yeah. <laughs> so let me put my camera on Hello, (laughs) hello.
0: (laughs) Okay, so she has some Uh contributions to make later. I said you still have some contributions to make later. You're still on the
3: road. Okay. So we go on. How exactly is the African family represented in the
1: Oh, how's the African family represented? Yeah, um, I think that um, when I see representations of the African family in the in the media, um, I think that it's often portrayed like as a broken family. Like, there's it's never like a two parent household. Um, Sometimes even it's like. uh, a lot of, or not sometimes, but a lot of the times they, you know, the, the father is missing. It seems like the mother is very stressed and, you know, overworked and, and mm-hmm. just very overwhelmed. Um, the father could even like be, he's even portrayed like he's in jail or he's a criminal. Yeah, absent or, father.
0: Yeah, absent stereotype. father.
1: Yeah. So violent I violent
0: father stereotype.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, and it's just, a, I mean, I those families do exist, you know. There's no denying that, but you know, there are other types of families that exist and we don't really see them you know portrayed um in the media and like the movies and the tv shows that um even the books that like we um that we read that we watch so sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating to just see um us portrayed in in such a one dimensional way when i think you know being a part of the diaspora like it's not a monolith it doesn't look like one way for every single person and everyone you know like we talked about like everyone has such varied experiences yeah. um and like we we do c- come together you know in solidarity on the on the basis that you know we are we are a part of the diaspora but we experience the diaspora um, in different ways. So, yeah, I think that the the family portrayal of the Afghan family is uh, just very, it's, I think it's small-minded and it's not looking um, at like the bigger picture, essentially.
0: Yes, yes, that is so very true. Um, there have been statistics actually here, for example, that showed there were overrepresented negatively so if you take it for example the poverty although the the statistics for for poverty of the black family might be 24% of the of the um, of the black families affected by poverty but the portrayal portrayal in the media was 60% yeah and in other other aspects, to other things like you said, like the element of, of violence in the family also over portrayed. Um, education is under portrayed,
3: yeah,
0: and uh, things like that. And um, this has an effect or an impact on on our identity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm,
1: definitely, um, and I, I love that you bring up those um, those statistics. And so it just shows like the overrepresentation of you know being in poverty and you know that sort of thing. Um, mm. And I think like you know people, Black people are some of the most educated people I know. You know they they hold a, a lot of degrees and you know continue on to higher education and everything like that. So some like seeing that is just kind of like like what's going on there um and I think that it does influence the way that people um that people um view us you know the way that people stereotype us and you know they go in and they think that we're one way and then they're like Mm -hmm. oh actually you're not like that like you you don't fit the narrative that I had in my mind about you and it's like well because we're not a monolith you know where we're, we're yeah. so diff- we're so different, and we come from different experiences and and walks of life, so yeah, I think that's really important that you brought that up,
0: yeah, and it is um I think it's something that that uh to to, to also raise awareness on how white mainstream media has destroyed is kind of attacking the back the black family, which is the most basic unit, you know and um It is dangerous. These forms of discussion is dangerous and um, and also systemic, you know. So um, we had, for example, a raise in racism and uh, people feeling uh, Black families rely on social welfare
3: uh, or associated with criminal things like that. So it is important that we um, tell our own
0: and also share in the family um, who we are. Yeah. Yeah, the identity so that we know who we really are. And, yeah. Um, pass this on to our children. Yeah. yeah. Who my, who, what is my ancestry? Who was my grandfather? What did he do? What did he like? So especially even in the diaspora, if um, the extended family is not present, but still they can be um, they can, they can be made familiar Mm -hmm. through our oral tradition Mm -hmm. of sharing our story. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that we just need more people from the diaspora who are writers, like, you know, for the, for the movies, for the TV shows and everything. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the times, if you look at the writers for these shows that are painting this like monolithic, um, view or portrayal of the, of the black family. They're not from, you know, people that look like us. Um, so I think that, yeah, it's a, it's another, it's just another way that like, we need more representation, you know, more positive representation. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And especially with the diversity, you know, it starts from, from, from names, you know, we, uh, um languages culture customs all these mm-hmm. things that were uh, stripped away by the criminal um enslavers or Colonial you know, so. yeah
3: and things
0: which need to be uh brought out you know and um it's unfortunate we shouldn't allow to be depicted as a negative state. Mm. and for one thing the histories of our families before slavery, is even more even important to to share.
1: Oh, any oh, pardon. What was your question?
0: No, I said how important. I was saying with you that we have to tell our own story. Yeah, and I was saying even before slavery. Yeah, of the advancement we had we, we had before, slavery, before slavery, before slavery, great. Country. You should
1: have to world. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of people believe that, you know, African history, black history, it starts with slavery, it starts with colonialism. But we were, you know, there's so much to learn way like you know, even hundreds of years before that. So yeah. I'm yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, in your work, what um what cultural differences are there to, to respect when working with people of African heritage? People, okay, respect when working people of African. Hmm.
1: Wait, sorry. Can you
0: repeat your question? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I said, um, in your work, when working with African families,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what cultural differences are there? We has to take the
1: Okay, I see. Yeah, um, I think that with with Africans, sometimes, like when when you're when you're talking about mental health, I think that sometimes they, it's almost like they don't want to like overstep,
3: mm-hmm. or they feel
1: like they are being like an inconvenience you know um so like it kind of ties in with um you know bottling in your your struggles and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and you know not expressing it to others um especially um especially like others that you know don't don't look like you but yeah I feel like there is like this um this this tendency that we have that to just you know just bottle it in, you know. Sharing too much, you know, about mm-hmm. what we're doing here mentally it could be just like imposing on, on other people. And I think that we mm-hmm. just have to reframe that mindset. And um, you know, just like I talked about, you know, be vulnerable mm-hmm. and and have those conversations because they they can be really productive.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, you know, just that <clears throat> that shared aspect of of coming together. And uh, you know whatever it is, you know, being vulnerable. So I think that that's really important.
0: Okay. Yeah. And um, are there specific barriers?
1: Yeah, I think that there definitely are. Um, I think I just I think first and foremost is the stigma around it. You know. a lot of times like they're like, uh, oh, you know, those are, you know, white people problems, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of like stops them from going to, you know, or partaking in resources like therapy, even if they have the means and the access to it. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are able to um, access therapy through their health insurance and like they don't have to pay like out of pocket. um, And it's just like covered through their insurance. So um, I think just like the stigma is mm-hmm. is really, really there. Um, and I think that, you know, that's why it's, it's important to have these conversations, even like you and me are having right now, because this is helping, you know, break down the stigma. And I think that um, there has just been such an advancement in, in open conversations about mental health. I'd say, mm-hmm. especially in like the past, like even like 10, like five, 10 years, like, I'm very, very um, impressed at how, you know, open people have been, you know, just Mm -hmm. to, like, talk about it. Um, But um, I think that, I think it is important also, like, for therapists to just have, you know, cultural understanding and, like, understand, you know, just, like, different cultural backgrounds and that sort of thing. So some people, like, they might, and be like, oh, like I want an African therapist or like I want a ther- or I want a therapist who you know understands my cultural background. Um, but sometimes like those they aren't like that readily available. So I think that's why we need like more you know African therapists, more culturally competent therapists who can um, you know relate to or empathize with these uh, experiences that we go through um, in the diaspora.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we have Leon Johannes Motsvari watching from Lesotho. Oh
1: wow. And,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gatua Quot, Lam Loni says black mental health matters.
1: Yes, it does. And
0: <laughs> greetings also to Mfo Johannes Kofani. Pof- <laughs>
1: Oh, from, oh, wow, yeah, everybody, everybody is here. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Black mental health and uh, obviously African family is do not be Mhm. Definitely. Yes, that we want to uh, remind us of the privilege. How has this impacted you? Sorry, you broke out a little bit
1: there. How has it impacted me? I think that um, Afghans have very like good manners. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, my, my parents, yeah, yeah, especially when you're in other people's houses, like my parents taught me to act. like a certain way and you know just do like certain things and Mm -hmm. I think that um it was kind of like uh like going through college Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I sometimes like look around people like just like the way that they would act I'd be like oh like my parents did not tell me to do that like my parents would find that disrespectful and just um yeah I think that I think that manners and just like respect for people especially elders is a is Mm -hmm. a very big value um, yeah. in the African family. Um, I mean, even it's just it's like it's just things like if you're at somebody's house and, um, you know, they provide you dinner, it's like wash your plate, wash, wash your glass, wash your utensils, um, that sort of thing. It's just try to try to help out. Um, and And I think that there's an element of like generosity there and just like, you know, kindness there. Um, so that's just the way that um, I was raised.
0: Thank you. Generous, yeah. generosity, kindness. Yeah. That's yeah. So very true. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that is so very true. Um, what can be done to empower African families even more regarding well-being and care? What can be done to empower African?
1: that's such a good question um i think that i honestly think that we still all need reparations you know what i mean i think that that is a a very big step i think that you know this oh i'm talking about in like the context of the u.s but also just like you know whatever country you're in you know a lot of these countries they they built their wealth they bit their success off the backs of black people and they would not be where they are if they if it weren't for those black people um that they you know either enslaved or like you know um invaded and that sort of thing so i think that um i'm definitely all for reparations um and just try to, yeah just try to i don't i don't know if it'll ever be I don't think that there's any amount of uh, dollar amount of reparations that will ever
0: ever compensate yeah. Yeah. for the for the for the deficits for the destruction of health.
1: Yeah, you know? atrocities. They I don't can't think, I
0: don't even, even compensate for the degree of
1: economic,
0: goal, yeah. so, you know, well-being. Yeah, uh, which they have, uh, which um, has been exactly exploited and destroyed
1: exactly yeah mm-hmm. so reparations um definitely definitely a big one
0: definitely yeah and since we're talking about um african history month mm-hmm. um our ancestry researching our ancestry even if it's just too- in the small home, making interviews with the mother, with the father, grandmother. Um, these are important things that uh, we can start to establish as family um, family routines. Mm-hmm. So, so we can document our own individual family. Yeah. I will bring on Bill. Greetings. Pardon. Greetings, I brought you
2: on. Oh, hello, <laughs> hello, good afternoon.
0: Uh, okay.
2: Hello, hello. I'm Delphine. I'm um, sister. First of all, there was somebody in a at the background uh, for so long, just like me. I was very long at the. No, back. it's okay. That's you okay. don't you see them?
0: Yes, yes, we see everyone.
2: Ah, okay. Because I told yeah. maybe you didn't notice since you are no, no. At the same I time. see everyone.
0: I it's so technical. Ah, okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like Zoom. Sorry. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. I you, you forgot. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Small monologue, one and one, or
0: yes, yes. I
2: everybody can so ask questions.
0: We've already been talking. We are already live. And
2: yeah.
0: um, you can just say what you want to the to the African to the topic.
2: If there oh, is. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, from your
0: from your work as a social work with African
2: families, okay. maybe,
3: maybe yeah.
2: Um, we spoke, I overheard you, my darling sister, you spoke about um, African in uh, diaspora often. Um, mm-hmm. I want to highlight that um, when we talk about African in diaspora, there, there are, we, normally it's so common that we think about African facing the Western world. You know, mm-hmm. and we forget that we have Africans in diaspora in Africa. You know, and it's also somehow challenging there to raise their children in this African diaspora, African countries. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah. For example, say the Black Africans moving to the white African countries, Mm -hmm. they don't have it easy there, be it in Libya, be it in Nigeria, be it in Egypt, Mm -hmm. Tunisia, you know they suffer a lot of rejection and torture, maltreatment Mm and treated as slaves within their own continent. It is something so is what that,
0: when, when we talk sometimes of the genocide of that
2: exactly. So, when which we talk about African right family, it is important that, or that we, when we talk about Africans in diaspora or African family in diaspora, this is the aspect that we normally overlooked at, which, um, it is very important that we. We pay attention to it because they suffer a lot of rejection because of their skin color, because of their um, religion. For example, Christian moving into a Muslim African country, you know, it's very much more challenging. As Africans, be it the white Africans or the black Africans, moving to the Western world, they the Western world can accommodate them much more better than African, white African countries accommodating Black Africans. And yeah. when you belong, it was difficult to like, um, it is big, difficult to really exercise your culture, your religion, your own tradition. And one of the things that we do, that we carry along with us is our culture. And the question is, how do we define culture in our own term? Because the way I would define culture might be different from the way a Westerner would define culture.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I Working with migrant women, I what I noticed is they carried along their belief. You know, their yeah. feeding. Their feeding, even the feeding style. You know, they carry along the, uh, their language with them. And under belief, you have their, part of their tradition with it and stuff. So raising their kids in this challenging, in the Western world, makes it much more challenging, as well as raising their kids in another African country.
3: Though yes. they are yeah.
2: it makes it also challenging.
3: And even in the own country,
2: the India, India, continent India,
3: is
0: even more the African. We we are coming to the end, oh. <laughs> but unfortunately. Um. So I see here, K Global is saying, "Why are you not talking about the ethnic crisis going on in Nigeria?" Mm-hmm. And Charles T. Cooper is saying Africans are so divided because of their mindsets. So, and uh, yes, Kofuna says he's watching and enjoying. So, I think there are a lot of a lot of talent, as we have pointed out before. Um. So maybe end because we are coming to the. Of the program, the one-hour program, and what do you think?
2: What would you like to leave our viewers? With? I didn't Conquering hear you. Well. Your microphone is it my? Pardon, I didn't get your question very well. The line was like breaking. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, it's better now. Oh, okay, so I ask them to close off
0: what can you what would each of you like to leave the viewers with regarding the
2: African the topic to me I would tell the pardon your light is breaking Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah,
1: yes. I can hear you.
2: Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I okay. had okay. part of the question like, what are we going? What can we leave to the uh, viewers? Yeah. About a typical African family. The topic today is the African
3: family.
0: Okay. Representation, identity, and diversity. Okay. So I'm just asking for a closing. What would you like to I'll start with, um, Esther? What would you like to leave the viewers with today?
1: Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> our culture and our traditions and our values have somehow been a little bit watered down because of you know colonialism, because of slavery. So I think that whatever is left of our our traditions, we definitely do our best to pass that down to um, to our the generations that come you know after us um and then also that you know like we talked about there is a very um one-dimensional representation of the afghan family in the media and just i want people to know that we're not a monolith um we're so uh we're so different we have very varied experiences and um, we should be treated as such so i think those are the the two things that i want to leave with our
0: viewers Thank you so much. So, Sister Delphine, what
2: would you like to leave with our view? What I would say is that um, wherever we are as as Africans, we should also try to... look at the environment in which we are and knowing that this environment or the culture of this environment has an influence of of the way we act and behave, especially our children. And the Mm -hmm. moment we find ourselves on, uh, on a different platform in terms of country, we should know that our children are no more raised in our own African culture rather they are raised in dual culture and if not three cultures our African culture at home the culture of the country we find ourselves, it doesn't matter in the western world or within Africa and thirdly the social media culture, all these three cultures have a great influence of how we raise our kids, the question is how do we uh, uh, how do we um, go about it it takes only dialogue dialogue with our kids we can't impose one culture on the children knowing that they are growing on three different platforms mm-hmm. the, the new culture our african cult, our culture at home and the social media culture. social media is raising our kids more than us today mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is the African History Month edition featuring the topic or focusing on the topic, the African family. And I thank my guests very much, Esther, mm-hmm. Tikoa, mm-hmm. and I also thank you, Delphine Tatley. And um, I look forward to the next edition. Thank you so thank much. You. For being here and for sharing your perspective on the African side. Thank you. Thank
2: you.
0: Thank you. you.
2: (laughs) So.